Weird Alma, the artist, is not associated with Mormon Discussion Incorporated or the Mormonism Live show. His songs contain similar tunes and lyrics to other well-known songs. He holds that said use of music falls under fair use and is under the realm of parody. Parody is a literary or musical work in which the style of an author or work is closely imitated for comic effect. Eric Herman offers his parody songs for free, hence his music is not for commercial use. The only monetary gain for Mormon Discussion Incorporated, a federally approved nonprofit, is YouTube advertising, which it is sharing per YouTube's agreement with the original artist. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and boys and girls, children, children, all ages, we bring to you Mormonism Live! Shut up and sit down. Hello, free Mormon. Bill Real. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Excellent. Sorry, I've got my routine, my patterns. I can't really break those easily, my friend. No, you can't. But I just want to just uh, lean back a little bit, let everybody rejoice in the glory that is my T-shirt, and then we'll have the obligatory arguments as to what Marvel character that is, so it should be a pretty easy one. Yeah, yeah. We'll let, we'll let somebody throw the right answer out in the comments. Yes, his sound effects go, snick, snick, <clears throat> Yeah. as opposed yeah, yeah. to twip, twip. Okay. <laughs> so what's going on in your life? Do you have any announcements, any exciting things to tell our audience before we get to the main point of the show, Bill? <clears throat> let, let me just say to everybody listening right now, in fact, whether you're listening live or whether you listen to this when it's published later, would you please go on to iTunes or wherever you're listening to or watching Mormonism Live and subscribe, hit the like button and give us a review uh, you know, uh, right now, I think we've got a pretty high review on at least the Apple uh, uh, iTunes store, but we'd love uh, a good rating everywhere you guys are listening. And we really appreciate everybody who follows us and tunes in for uh, what I think is an incredible live show on Mormonism. Well, you know, we have a special guest tonight, and I think that's a great idea. Absolutely great idea, Bill. And I hope everybody can do that. Just take a few extra seconds to do that. But we have a great guest tonight. It's Weird Al Mutt. You know Weird Al, right? I, I know Weird Al. I was told I looked like him in high school. Really? Oh, by yeah, the way, the haircut's growing out nicely. Look at that. A couple more weeks, this is going to be a beautiful haircut. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. <laughs> it'll never be as good as mine, but you know, yeah, it'll yours never grows be the out, same. mine grows up. It grows go. it all. But uh, no, we have, we've got Weird Alma on the show tonight. And Weird Alma is a person who is immensely talented and gifted and done a number of songs in the vein of Weird Al Yankovic about Mormon things. And one of my favorite ones that we want to start with tonight, because this one's very special, it's called Gas Lighting. Ooh, I like this one. And we're just going to play the first part of this before we bring Weird Alma on, because there's a special reference to you in it, Mr. Real. Did All you right. know that? So <clears throat> I, I do. I'm not seeing it in the lyrics. So I don't know. It's where. in the talking part. Oh, yeah. It's oh, it's in there for goes, sure. Bah, 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 and it's just, um, yeah, this is the talking part. Got it. Got I feel good about right. it. Well, I, I hope it's the right song. <laughs> anyway, do we have that queued up? We're just going to play it to the part where it mentions Bill Real 
and then we're going to fade out. We're going to introduce our guest and bring him on. There is Weird Alma's page, his web page, where you can find all of his songs. And right now we are we are waiting to hear Gaslighting, right? Yeah. Done to this song of Grease Lightning. So it's not playing then. Did you take it off and did you take it off and turn the sound off again? Yeah, well, because it wasn't up. It was saying that it was up. I, so, I can definitely play it if you want. Um, yeah, so I just don't know why it's not playing the audio. Sorry. Here we go. I'll put it on mine. Okay. The morning church is so dogmatic. It's really problematic. It can feel so traumatic. When the gas lighting, gas lighting. They'll make you question everything about your own sanity, oh yeah. When you question, they make you question. If something seems wrong, that's just the way it's supposed to be, oh yeah. It's your problem, not the church's problem. If you point out something's bad, then they'll say you must be mad. They'll attack your real intent while dismissing what you meant. It's gaslighting. Oh, well, it's so gaslighting with the things the prophet Joe would do. No seer song. He didn't use a seer song. But then they change the narrative and tell you that they always knew. He used a seer song. Of course he used a seer song. It's always been uh-huh. Orwellian. Uh-huh. It's gaslighting. Howland said the missionary force would grow as God directed. Oh, yeah. But when it shrank, they had to say that was exactly as expected. Oh, yeah. You thought two plus two was four, might not be that anymore. Cause when you start reproving, those goalposts start a moving gaslighting. I am Elder Stephen L. Stickenbottom, and I welcome you to this brand new exhibit at the Church History Museum entitled Transparency Through the Ages. As you may know, our church has always been open and honest about our history, and so we Excuse wanted to- Excuse me? Yes? I know the tour is just beginning, but I already want to bang my head against a wall. Oh, sure. Well, please use the wall to your left. Okay. We seem to get this a lot. You can see the impression of Bill Reel's head over there. There it is. Bill Reel's head. They mentioned you. They mentioned your name in the song. Man, I feel I feel pretty it feels pretty special to have music made with you mentioned. That's pretty cool. It really is. Think how good you feel and then reverse that feeling and imagine how I feel. <laughs> it's the opposite, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. you fantastic. never get any you what? never get any accolades or positive reviews, right? No, all I want to be is featured in a Weird Alma song. So let's bring him on. What do you say? Let's get Weird Alma out of the green room and on stage, everybody. Let's bring him on with a big hand. It's Weird Alma. Ta-da-ta-da. Hello, RFM and Bill. How are you guys? How are you doing? My gosh, what is that yeah. in the screen behind you? It looks like a is it a horse? It's a horse, of course. Of course, of course, of course. What an incredible studio you have. This is fantastic. Now, we're using your real name as well tonight, correct? Uh, sort of my real name. One of one of my many aliases. Okay, so let's just use the alias yeah. of Eric Herman, shall we? Okay. Eric Effin Herman. Eric Herman, a.k.a. Weird Alma. And I like doing the peewee voice on that. Uh, phone call for Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman <laughs> to the front desk. <laughs> I will attempt to insert your name into one of the songs that we do tonight. I tell you what, why don't you just write an entire ode to me? 
Would you do that? Uh, you see what I have to deal with? <laughs> it's, it's hard to keep all this together, you know? I can imagine. Oh, you can only imagine. Yes, I am a force uh, I'll chaos. get right to work. I'll get right to work. Yeah. <laughs> well, Weird Alma, you have you actually did create a, a very impressive uh, corpus or body of songs about Mormonism. And you're kind of a big deal for a while, but we haven't heard anything from you recently. We wanted to catch up with you and find out what is going on. First off, before we even get to what's going on now, which we'll get to at the end, when it will make more sense. How is it that a nice boy like you ended up joining the Mormon church? Mm. Well, I'll keep out as succinctly as I possibly can. Um, and it helps that I've told the story 20 times or something by now, but uh, I grew up in a family of uh, agnostics. Uh, we were all Germans, uh, free thinkers and beer drinkers, something like that, right? <laughs> and uh, by the time I hit 12, 13, I started to question life, as one often does, right? At 13? And I think, uh, uh, 12, 13. Okay, I'm reading Marvel comic books at that age, but you uh, go on. <laughs> well... And I, I, and I know I, I talked to Bill about this once uh, in St. George. I came to the pawn shop and we talked about it, that we have similar backgrounds in a lot of ways. I, you know, I, I hit that age. I started getting high. I started doing acid, doing all this stuff and questioning life, you know. And uh, one of the things that I, I did was I dusted off the, the Bible that we had a Bible in the house. Like we didn't go to church or anything, but there was an all, you know, up on the top shelf somewhere. <sighs> blew all the dust off of it right and uh opened it up and at the time i was it was just about philosophy i just wanted to read and expand my horizons or whatever and uh something about that jesus guy really uh stuck with me and and i long story short i became some kind of strange combination zen stoner hipster guitar Do player christianish something or other you know i, I don't even know Right. Uh, yes. I'd be the one I'd be the guy at, at, you know, keg parties, you know, everyone's getting high and they're all, you know, talking about whatever. And I'm like, I want to talk about God and the universe and what does it all mean? You know, Ooh, I love it. Wish I'd have been and, at those parties. Uh, yeah. Yeah. At I would not have been tree. hanging around you at that age. I'm just saying, OK, <laughs> I love it. I love it hanging around you now. So um, fast forward to about 1920. Uh, not, no, not the year when I was 19 or 20. And uh, I'm not, I'm not that old, but um, I, I started to get a little more serious about like, I don't know, should I do something? Should I join a church? I, uh, and I was reading various different things. I actually did go to a few different services, uh, places. One of the things I got really into was prophecy. Uh, the idea mm. of uh, Hal Lindsey, the late great planet Earth. I, re I read books like that. Um, uh, the, the Worldwide Church of God, Herbert Armstrong. I don't know if you know who that is, but well, they have I a got... program on regularly where they talk about how Bible prophecy is being fulfilled and whatever happens to be happening in the news this week. Yes, and it was they could always fit something in there, and I was, you know, I kind of found it fascinating, right? Well, the first few and... times it's amazing, but then when you watch it for any period of time, you start realizing that they're using the same prophecies to explain what's happening now instead of using the same prophecy to explain what was happening a few weeks ago yeah or in 1985 they used a thing and you know 97 the same thing yeah exactly yeah and um around that time 
a couple things happened. I, I saw the church's uh, TV commercials. They used to be on cable all the time, right? And uh, I remember, I didn't really know much about the Book of Mormon, but I remember seeing, oh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hmm. Well, I like Families. Jesus Christ. I like Isn't Jesus it about Christ. time? Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew I, I, I liked Jesus Christ and, and latter days. Oh, wait a minute. That's like the prophecy stuff I've been reading for years, right? And that was the connection I had. That was my in, sort of. And then uh, a friend of mine who lived in the town that I used to live uh, near Buffalo, New York, he told me one day, oh, some Mormon missionaries came to my door and I chased them away. And he took great pride in that, right? But I remember thinking, wait a minute, Mormon, isn't that the the, the Church of Jesus Christ? Well, you know what? Yeah, I'll talk to them if they come over. And I kid you not, maybe a month later or something, doorbell rang. I opened the door, two guys in suits, and I was like, oh, hey, I was waiting for you guys. Hashtag tender mercy. Which has never been said before or since in the history of those those two are still in the church because of that just because of that right there and they're still talking them, about it every man. fast and testimony meeting and the congregation is sick of hearing it every month no yeah. one of those guys left long before i did so oh good but yeah anyway they they you know came to my door and, and came in and I, and I was fascinated to to uh, you know hear about joseph smith and and that, especially that all this happened an hour and a half from where i lived my whole life Palmyra, New York, and and there was this Indiana Jones quality to it, you know, finding ancient plates and relics, you know, it, it just, it really appealed to me, and the other thing was, uh, because I had never joined with any specific thing before, I, I think I had an open slate, but I also had certain ideas that I, you know, mainstream Christianity, I didn't like the, you're saved or you're screwed idea, basically, that, that you know, some born again christians had either you're saved or you're you're theft you know I, can i swear here no we're down but by the way i just wanted to i just wanted to say that it's a little known historical fact that joseph smith did sport a fedora and a bull whip oh, nice. uh, uh, illinois smith and the, the, <laughs> the, the sinking native american treasures or something Elmira uh, joseph is what they called him so some of the things like the ideas of that there isn't per se a hell but there's different degrees of glory like that really appealed to me like i yeah. thought that that makes sense okay or sort of makes sense you know and um the idea that you could still visit uh, uh the lord that the, or talk to the lord communicate with the lord powerful powerful and that's why it, it's worked you know some you know that's the, the narrative that that missionaries use because uh it means something that this 14 year old boy hey that was me i did the same thing i questioned what church should i join you know what 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 should i believe should i follow something should i not and i'm getting dizzy guy. i'm sorry would you stop yeah. it no, no, who's no, doing I, that i think i think maven and i are playing games so go i'm ahead. motion sick i need my drama yeah, sorry about that. i'm sorry weird i'm sorry are you okay I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. I have said that the theory of Mormonism, the theory of Mormonism is excellent. The reality of Mormonism is lacking. Yeah. Yeah. The well, idea yeah. of Mormonism yeah. is pretty damn cool, huh? Well, you know, until you dig into some other things, you know, then yeah. it's, you know, it falls apart too. But so then anyway, um, within, I don't know, maybe a month or two of that initial doorbell ringing, I 
I took the plunge. Uh, well, oh, I should rewind a little bit because there's a, a how I got. I, I wanted to get that spiritual witness, right? I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to know. I wanted to really know. So what I did, um, and and this is, you know, I'm not saying this means anything one way or the other, but it's part of the the actual story. Is I, I took a hit of acid and I walked up to the park near my house that I would usually do such things at, and I and I started praying. And uh, I want to know, I, you know, I, 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 I had always felt that that was a tool for connection to some something. Right. And uh, I had a little light with me. It was a, a light that you used to get these at gas stations and you would push on either side of the light and, a, and the little light would come on and be a little flashlight. Right. Mm -hmm. And it died out on me. Now, I was at that park for several hours. Right. And I started to have this this notion that. If I prayed enough that the Lord could make this light turn on, and that would be a sign to me. That would be a very small thing for the Lord to do. That's easy. Well, you think, right? I mean, he made the sun. <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I'm sitting there in the park for hours and hours. He's here, they're sitting there putting, pushing this little light and praying. And, and then it dawned on me, wait a minute, I'm looking for a sign. And I, that's not how you get a sign. You don't look for a sign. I don't, if I spent six hours sitting here in the park, that must mean that I believe, right? It must mean that the church is true, that it's that important to me. Okay, you know what? I don't need to do this. I can go home. So That's, and, your, uh, that's your conversion experience? Well, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm not done yet. I'm not done. Yeah. I, I said, you know what? I'm going to go home. I, that's all I need. And I get up and I look at the light. I'm like, stupid thing. And I press it. And I kid you not, it turned on. It turned on. Mm -hmm. And sh and shone like as brightly as ever. And that thing worked for like a year after that point. Okay. <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> you know? So, and, and like when it turned on, whoa, you know? For the, you, the, the feeling of being filled with the spirit as much as as we could define that you know you sound like the wizard of menlo park <laughs> so there you go i'm in at that point right i'm 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 in well fantastic so you got baptized you joined the church did you go on a mission i did not i was i was 21 years old and um uh i was not ready to it was enough of a change i had to change a lot of things uh, to, you know, I, when I got baptized, I wanted to be ready to do that, commit 100%. Well, there's and, a whole uh, LSD thing. Yeah, right. You know, and and, and other things that are frowned upon. And just, uh, FYI, just FYI, Eric, even though the LDS Church in the present moment is saying that missions for men are mandatory, keep in mind the last two first presidencies didn't serve missions. Of course, right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and anyway, it was, uh, I did not serve a mission and, and I, I was only in active for about nine months at that time. And, uh, and then I, the thing is, uh, nobody told me, okay, you're, you're in this church, you're not getting high anymore or drinking or whatever. You probably shouldn't hang out all the time with all your friends who are still doing that. You know, um, so I was doing that. I was well, I was in bands. I was playing in bars and you know playing till uh, four in the morning. And and but I, I for nine months I was you know towing the line until the one time I didn't. 
and then um, uh, you know th something was being passed around, and instead of continuing to just pass it around, I held onto it and and uh, consumed, and uh, and then I felt you know guilty to go back. You know, I I felt like I don't I I, I shouldn't go back if if I'm not gonna do this or, or be committed to it and then I was out for five years and uh, the long story short of that is by the end of that five years I was a junkie and um, you know uh, barely uh, my life by the uh, grace of the 12-step program and and maybe God or whatever uh, you know I, I found recovery and and uh, and then and then at that point you know, the, the church was uniquely suited as a teetotaling uh, program to to for me to connect back with. So we don't right? teetotal in the Mormon church. That's a four letter word in Mormonism. <laughs> it's not T-E-E. -E. Has to do with golf tees or something. I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it had to do with <laughs> drinking tea instead of LSD. But Probably. seriously, folks, right. I think that, you know, what you say does make me think about the proscriptions that the LDS church has. And I know they're there for a reason. And I know what the reason is and what the theory is behind it. But the flip side of it is what you've explained and what I've experienced, maybe what other people have experienced too, is you cross a line and all of a sudden you're virtually excommunicating yourself mm -hmm. because you don't feel worthy to go back to church. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah so I think that's counterproductive, at least in that measure. Yeah, for for something so when when something is so demanding, and anything falling short of that feels like a, a huge jump off of a cliff. And uh, yeah, I don't think that's healthy. Right? Yeah, and we're busy. We're usually busy imagining that all the other members are perfect, and we're the only ones who are doing the LSD. <laughs> right. I can't tell you how many times I felt that way. Isn't it weird that we live in a world where LSD and coffee are? are pretty much the same thing to a Mormon. Yeah, right. Good point. So Weird Alma, you you, <laughs> you don't come, you come back to church after five years. Did you say how it was that you managed to muster the courage to come back to church? Uh, by the, you know, the last breath of the life that I had in me, you know, crawling back in a way. Um, and at that point, you know, nothing mattered. Uh, I just, I was happy to be alive. Um, I, I went to funerals with friends of mine that, uh, where I was on the drug that put them in the casket, you know, it, it was bad. It was really, really bad. And, uh, so I was happy to just be there and, uh, and Buffalo, New York is a great place for a member of the Mormon church to just be there because it's not the same as Utah or Idaho or something. It's very, very different there. They are just happy to have you. And, uh, you know, I had, I, I did have many, many wonderful experiences, I mean, they they still did road shows and stuff like that, you know. What it year was, are we talking about? Are we still in the nineties? Uh, Ninety-seven is when I came back, right? And um, uh, side note, one of the road shows that I wrote was uh, based on the two thousand two uh, Salt Lake Olympic scandal, as a spoof of the Music Man, and uh, it 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 barely slid through the state presidency. They had to get all these special permissions because I was kind of poking fun at at the thing but but we did it and it was it was it was really fun well, my uh 
Oh, I'm sorry. Are you going on with your story? Because I want you to get to the point where how it is that Eric Herman, i.e. you, became Weird Alma, because that seems uh, quite a stretch from where you were at at the time. Yes. So I uh, came back to church. Uh, I met my my first wife, Roseanne, uh, in 99. We got married in 2000. And uh, and I was pretty, pretty deep in. Um, although I, I will say that when I joined in 90, you know, there wasn't the Internet. Right. And, uh, you know, so. I, I didn't I really didn't know about things like um, polygamy and to the extent that I that I would later know about it. Book of Abraham, racism, all that stuff it was several years later. But by that point, I was I was glued in. You know, I was I, I had that uh, that indoctrination or that, you know, I didn't want to lose that belief that I had put so much into. And um, yeah, I was deep in uh, probably my biggest credit, you know, people talk about their, their bona fides or whatever. I never served a mission, but my biggest uh, uh, Mormon cred experience was I sang in the choir at uh, the Palmyra Temple de dedication. When and, was that? Uh, uh, 2000, year 2000. In the year 2000, you sang in the choir at the temple dedication in Palmyra. And in fact, I, I could have played bongos on President Hinckley's head. And really? Kind of somewhat regret that I, I didn't take advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, I was standing, you know, we they lined us up, we go into the room, and I'm standing there, and he is literally right here. <laughs> and, uh, oh, oh, boy, it was tempting. <laughs> Especially because I had seen that uh, the Simpsons episode where someone plays bongos on Mr. Burns' head, and they kind of, I don't know. I felt bad at the time, you know, that 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 thought had crossed my mind, but it did cross my mind. But uh, fast forward um, over the the years, there were cracks, you know, the shelf thing, all all these little things uh, that didn't add up. But I kept going, kept showing up, kept kept believing. Um, Roseanne uh, passed away in 2013 after a long illness, and. Um, Initially, that kind of glued me in more, you know, the idea of she was my eternal companion, you know. Um, yeah, she's gone to heaven, so that, I've got to be good so I can see yeah. my baby when I leave this world. Yes, yes. And uh, and that was such a hard thing when I, you know, stopped believing to, to, to know that there were those implications, too. And uh, and that was hard for her family, too, I'm sure. But. Um, anyway, she, she passed away in 2013. By, by 2015, though, things had, had, had kind of built up to a point. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even a lot of the so-called critical stuff. One, one of the biggest issues for me was the 116 pages story, um, which is right there in the scriptures. And every so often, every four years or whatever, you'd read through it in, in DNC. And, and, um, and it was just one of those things that just, boy. It, it was the first, and, and I'm, I'm talking about it with today's perspective, but I know at the time it, it just made me feel weird. And usually I would read about it and kind of, okay, close. All right, that's enough. I don't want to, I don't want to keep going there and thinking about how, you know, to, in, in my mind now, how obvious it is as um, uh, a, a person shuffling, shuffling their feet because their, their, their thing is being challenged. And when, when you see everything that happened, the way he explains that, 
you know, oh, wait, wait, no, no, no. Actually, there were these other plays with the same story. No, not exactly the same story. And God knew about that 2,000 years ago, so he made that arrangement for that. Never mind that he didn't make arrangements for the book of Abraham, you know. Right, and wouldn't it have been easier for God just to say to Joseph, no, really, I mean it. You can't give those 116 pages to Martin. Yes, yes. Oh, and I love the, the, you know, there's lists of what what are some other ways to resolve that situation? Uh, Yeah, Searstone. Oh, oh, here here, the pages are behind a log or, um, uh, you know, Zap. Oh, right. Uh, Use the to find the pages. Take it another step further, which is if these, if there really were conspirators who got the 116 pages and they were going to alter them, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine a world in the 18, early 1800s where you wouldn't notice they altered them. And, and the other, the other side of that is he could have reproduced. He didn't have to reproduce the whole book. He could have reproduced a page and said, here, look, and then, oh, you want a different page? All right, here's page 93. Look, you know yeah. what I mean? It could have been as simple as that. He didn't have to reproduce the whole thing. It, there's so many ways to resolve that that don't include this weird, almost sci-fi time travel element of, of God knowing ahead of time and making this very particular, very strange uh, solution for that for that problem. Anyway, Weird Alma? Weird Alma, yeah. interrupting again. When Maven shows up, I always interrupt the guest too yes. because she has something she wants to say, I think. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to, just to hop on this real quick and just plug um, Mike uh, from LDS Discussions, um, both his website and he's also got, it's actually, he's putting everything together in a podcast, but he goes over a lot of these things and just kind of pointing out how there's so many times where, you know, Emma tells Joseph that she heard, you know, in town that people were coming to get it. And he was able to use the seer stone to see that the plates were safe and everything was Mm -hmm. fine, you know, so just kind of going along with that. And um, one of the interesting things that Mike has done, and I think he's actually probably borrowed a lot from Dan's research um, and from others, but is the, uh, with the Book of Mormon and the missing 116 pages, the parts where he's re-going over that are the parts that have the least amount of new names, uh, for like people names, place names, et cetera. And mm-hmm. it was just something new to me that I hadn't thought of before that uh, he had to be really careful because he wasn't sure if those uh, pages were coming back or not. And mm-hmm. so he had to kind of hedge his bets till he got to the part where he was past where he was before. And then all of a sudden now we're getting specifics again. That was something I had never noticed before. Mm. True. The other thing that I noticed is that the way that he states it, or the way that I should say, the way that it's stated in DNC um, implies that he was going to do it exactly the same. Right. It, it, it could have given clear. himself an out. He could have said, you know what? It's kind of fudgy. He could have said, hey, who's translation, guys? (laughs) Yeah, right. But no, that's not what he says. It is very clear, the revelation from God to Joseph Smith, that if he reproduced it, it would be, I did a podcast on this, it would be word for word the same as he had done it before. It is very clear. And it's clear because the concern in the revelation is that if they do that, then the bad people, the people who took it and stole it, would alter it. So it didn't read exactly the same way as it did before and then show the altered version against Joseph Smith's completely identical version 
and accused Joseph Smith of not being able to retranslate. How would they alter it again, RFM? It's this thing. It's called word processing. Oh, and yes. and right all you have to then. do is go back in. You change the words around. No, no. Uh, if a racer at that time, if there is a race, I don't even know if there is a racer, but even if there were. It's great with a knife. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't. It just doesn't make any sense. No, it'd be very clear uh, that that had been altered because you have to line through and then write above the only possible way that I can think of that they could have altered it in such a way. Uh, let's just say Joseph Smith really could translate and he translates the 116 pages. Uh, once again, it's exactly the same. The only way they could actually do this would be to rewrite the entire 116 pages again. In, in Oliver Cowdery, form. David Whitmer's handwriting. Right. Right. Um, it, it, I didn't say it was easy, <laughs> but <laughs> I just said it would be worth it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a very difficult thing to make sense of. And yet, here's the thing. I just got to tell you, I believed this. All Mormons mm -hmm. believe this. This mm -hmm. is the perhaps the most unlikely story um, to ever have surfaced. To my knowledge, it's so unlikely uh, to the point of incredulity. Yeah. And yet, not only do, okay, look, I'll speak for myself. Not only did I believe this as a Latter-day Saint, I used it as a testimony builder. This was a faith-promoting story. Yeah. yeah. So that gave you that gave you heartburn, it, it you Alma, But what about the, the flashlight? Uh, yeah, right. I know. Yeah. Did you ever struggle with that? Yeah. Did you ever say, yeah, this doesn't make sense. This looks weird, but the flashlight went on. Well, there, I'm sure there's the scientific answer for that is that because I was sitting there for so long pushing it for literally hours, and then I stopped for a few minutes, and then it was primed or something. No, I, no. I can't, it like, continued to work for a year. Right. Don't deny yeah. the workings of God in your life. <laughs> No, and I didn't, you know, and, and it was a huge thing. It still, to me, feels weird to tell that story and say, yeah, that's, that is exactly what happened. Um, so it was 160 but, pages that moved you away from the church and started well, you was, down that, the weird one of the, big, one of the big things, the Book of Abraham, you know, I had learned all about that. And boy, that was a big thing. For me, everything, it started later. Oh, boy, polygamy, that looks, there's all kinds of bad stuff there, polyandry. Book of Abraham, ooh boy, but I still held on to the Book of Mormon, right? I it, the, it was crumbling, if you chron chronologically, from the later point to earlier. But I still believed maybe maybe this maybe he was still a conduit for revelation for the Book of Mormon, and then things kind of went off the rails. In We're down, but can I just I want to focus on this and throw a spotlight on this because this is something that I do hear more and more. I mean, uh, you did a multi-hour, multi-part podcast interview with Jim Bennett, right, Bill? He's a very, very nice man. I like him. I respect his beliefs. But my sense from listening to the interview was that he did a, a similar thing and perhaps continues to do a similar thing, which is he doesn't really have explanations for the book of Abraham. He recognizes there are issues, challenges, potential problems with the book of Abraham and other things. But when his back is against the wall, that's where he goes to the Book of Mormon and where his testimony is based. And it sounds like that's what you were doing, even though the Book of Mormon is kind of tied up with 116 pages, isn't it? 
especially in the words of Mormon, which sort of explains it all for the casual reader. Right. So, you know, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to condense and get ahead here because I know I want to play a few songs here, uh, yeah. for you guys. But um, yeah, that was a big issue, uh, Book of Abraham, and and like a lot of people say, I I could compartmentalize individual things, and I, or I had quote unquote answers for individual things. And then at some point, uh, late 2015, early 2016, stepping back and just looking at all of these things, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And there was fire billowing out of virtually every issue of Mormonism, you know, and I had to, I had to look at that. The final straw for me is the same as many people. Um, how to build a transoceanic vessel, that podcast. John Larson, right? Yeah, Mormon expression. And that, and that really just killed it for me. Again, how how he explained the building of a boat, and, and it could have said, oh, God just made a boat appear. That would have, okay, you could just believe that or not. But no, that's not what it says. It talks about smelting rock and doing all these things. And then when you when you really look at the the you know, the logistics of doing that, it, it becomes absurd, you know. Uh, and then, so it was May of 2016. I just stopped believing. I was walking my dog one night and I remember thinking, oh, I guess it's just not true. And I had never allowed myself that thought before. And as soon as I did, oh, yeah, that explains everything. <laughs> you know, you know, a lot of times you just don't, you don't allow yourself to even think that. And then when you do, you see, oh, that just explains everything. Joseph Smith is not the one guy who was legit from all these other ones we've seen ever since and before his time even religious leaders who you know made up things and and um, you know had some followings and and uh, you know built off this thing a lot of times turning into polygamy and other other issues like that but when I allowed myself to see it that way I wasn't even sad, but it was just kind of like, oh, oh, okay, now what? You know, and and it did leave this hole uh, that I felt for you know quite a while after that point. Now what do I do? It was several months later that September I, I sent a message uh, on Facebook to let everyone know I'm I don't believe anymore. Um, and I felt good about it. Like my, my family, I was mostly worried about my, my in-law family, my late wife, her whole family's deeply, deeply into the church. Um, and they have eight kids and a hundred something offspring. And, and, um, and I, and I loved them and I still love them. And I wanted that to, to remain. And I felt good about where I left things at that point. And then that October general conference was elder Ballard, and talking about where will you go and at, at the point where i was having just left that was my first instance of oh the, and i didn't watch conference i was happy to get those 10 hours back let yeah. me tell you <laughs> but i you know you heard about it it bubbles up on reddit and other places and uh but i said um it, it just kind of hurts to, to realize that my whole family that just had i felt like a pretty good feeling no they're 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 looking at me as an apostate 
and maybe I was naive to think they wouldn't anyways, but their leaders, these guys, they're, they're going to listen to them and no matter what. And, and every conference since then, you see it now, right? They, there's always those mentions, the, the unruly child, right? And um, Well, your answer to that question should be simple, shouldn't it? Where will you go? Your answer is, I'm going to the park. Yeah, <laughs> go back to the park. Well, no, but it made me, it made me think of uh, a, a song. It maybe Hamilton, you know, everyone who's listened to Hamilton, I listened to it like 50 times, right? And that was the genesis of Weird Alma. I didn't record a song or anything, but I wrote a verse and I posted it on ex-Mormon Reddit and like, I don't know, four people liked it or something, you know, it was, it was no, no unceremonious, right? But I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. And uh, I'll, I'll sing the first verse of it. You sing. The church isn't true and you're planning on leaving today. You'll cry in your tea and your coffee while we watch you wither away. You'll be sad with hours and hours every Sunday and nothing to do. It will drive you mad with 10% more of your income burdening you you'll be back wait and see you will miss the pure massage in me you'll be back one of these days and you'll help us keep on bashing gays temples rise the growth rate falls but we'll keep on building swanky malls and if you just won't return we will keep on bringing cookies to your house until your bosom feels the burn da 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 la da 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 bravo bravo i'll tell you i had to put myself on mute intentionally that time mr real in order to keep from having my laughter drown out your rendition Love it. So, um, and that was just, you know, out of the blue, one little thing. And then I don't know, a month, maybe two months later or so, I had this other idea. I can't remember, you know, where that came from per se, but it was the idea. I think I, I had heard the song, I'm trying to be like Jesus. Okay. Trigger and warning it, for me. Go ahead. Okay. And it, and it occurred to me, what if, you rewrote this from the perspective of a kid who's like very literally trying to be like Jesus, you know? Um, so something like, I'm, I gotta find the note here. I'm trying to be like Jesus. I'll follow in every way. I'll wear a long robe and sandals and start growing a beard today today there it is i'll tell people to hate their families and tell my church leaders they're all pharisees saying love one another as jesus implores have dinners with sinners and hang out with whores you can kill people, drown people, and call it divine, like he did 
in third Nephi nine. <laughs> Very nice and educational as well. Uh, I haven't sung that in a while. I had to find the notes. But that was another uh, shelf item for me, third Nephi nine. You know, he, here we have the, the Lord who who is on the cross and forgive them for they know not what they do. The Nephites then, knew. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then the he's like, you know, it sounds like, yeah, they drowned and they, the fires and uh, oh, to the glory of it God. It doesn't sound like, good. Yeah. Who is, who is this Jesus? I, I, don't I don't know. And their flashlights didn't even work. And, and on top of that, to hold up to Mormon apologetics, there are already tons of people in the Americas, right? So, yes, he, yes, so, yes. so Christ and comes along and kills a bunch of people. And some of them aren't even connected to the Nephites and Lamanites because no, we can't no. find their DNA anywhere. That's collateral damage. <laughs> Get to the chopper. When you start thinking it all unravels, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, so, and, and I, I, that was the first song that I like finished and I recorded a, a version of it and I sent it to, to Glenn at uh, Infants on Thrones. Mm. And I, we'll I, delete that maybe, part. Maybe they'll play it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Glenn's a good friend. I, yeah. I out with Glenn. He plays guitar too, by I the kid, way. I kid, I kid. He's he a great, great, great songwriter, parodist, Glenn yeah. Oslin, yeah. And and the author, but also, um, and they played it. And I was like, oh, hey, fun. All right, cool. And he went and to then, Japan on his mission. And then, yes, yes. And, I, and I, I can't remember what happened, but I think he or somebody said, oh, you should do more stuff like that. Or, or they had me on, come on to, to do an interview there. And uh, and then stuff just started pouring out. And I'll, I'll, I'll play uh, one of my favorite early, early Weird Alma tunes. Um, you've heard the song, You're 16, by, uh, uh, I can't remember who wrote it originally, but Ringo Starr had a big hit with it in the 70s. Yeah, it was a cover. Yeah. Yeah, it was a cover. And it, it was already it was already creepy when Ringo sang it because he I think he was 37 at the time singing the song about a 16-year-old. But I'm I found a way to make it even creepier. Um to tie it to uh Joseph Smith. And uh there's the connection to that gospel topic essay and the way the particular way they worded things in that essay inspired me to do this song a certain way. So I'm the prophet Joe Smith, I beseech you forthwith to be my wife number 29. You're several months shy of 15. <laughs> You're dutiful, so be mine. If you don't, I'll be floored by a big flaming sword, wielded by an angel divine. You're several months shy of 15. You're dutiful, so be mine. You're my baby, practically. You're my boo. Since you were 11, I've been grooming you. I know you're devout, so you should have no doubt. But ooh, please don't let Emma find out. If you marry me, I'll exalt your family. I'll talk crap about you if you decline. Someone shy of 15. You're dutiful, so be mine. You're several months shy of 15. You're dutiful, so be mine. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, you know, that's 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 such a, it gets that ugly. It's such an interesting that. line in that essay. I've heard at least two people be interviewed who are on the committee that wrote that essay, and apparently nobody wants to take credit for that line. 
Yeah, they won't oh, tell you who did right. that. One. No, they'll say, yeah, that wasn't my idea. I didn't think that was a good idea, but they won't say who did it. I got a feeling it was somebody who had more authority than they did. Would that count as gaslighting? I think maybe. Yeah, that, Ooh, I don't know. It could. Wording things in a way that you know. I don't, I'm not sure if that is technically gaslighting or not. But uh, I think I'm fast forward would be, ahead. It's not in there at all. It doesn't uh, say over, that in the essay. Sorry. No. no. <laughs> so I, I did an album of songs, eight or nine songs, and um, and I kind of thought that was it for a while. But it, it kept coming, it kept coming. And I, I realized after a point, I, I think I needed to do that, right? Because I really hadn't talked to too many people about a lot of the specifics about why I left. There were a few people early on, um, but I, I, I also learned that's not a good way for uh, members to, you know, they don't wanna hear you come out guns blazing against Joseph Smith and all that, right? So I kind of kept my mouth shut mostly, but I, I feel like the songs, it had was how it had to come out, and uh, if if something is going to process for me, it's it's gonna a lot of times be with music and comedy. You know, it's it's what I I, I do. So um, um, I ended up doing three albums in about a year and a half, uh, which is kind of crazy. Although at this point, I, I hadn't listened to a lot of the stuff in the last couple of years, uh, but I, the past week, knowing I was coming here, I, I listened back and. I feel like those three albums remind me of, of bowling. bowling. So I'm from I'm from Buffalo and, and there's not that much to do. You go bowling. Everyone goes bowling and drinks beer. But um I you know I go bowling once every like three or four years, right? And I always feel the same way. That first game is like, oh, this is really fun. Yeah, hey, all right, we're having a good time. The second game is where I do the best because now I'm warmed up. And like, I, yeah, I got the feel of it. And I usually get my highest score. Third game starts off good. And then I don't really care anymore. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm done bowling for another three or four years. So I, I look back on those weird albums. And, and I, I think the second one is is the, the best, in my opinion. But, you know, I'm happy people seem to love them all. But I'm going to do a song from that second album by the request of our, our, our host here, RFM. Me? Who has had... A particular run-in with the um, the committee that I am going to describe in the song. Let's see if I can do this. This would be the committee. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, this would be the committee that doesn't formally exist. Yeah, who are watching this show right now? Probably. Right, and so this is the deal. This you can is bet the your deal. ass <laughs> about the SCMC, everybody. Spoiler alert. But like I told Rude Halma, you are Shame actually going to have the opportunity to perform the song that you wrote about the SCMC while you can actually rest assured that the SCMC is watching you perform it. Shane Bowen. Right. Hi, Trevor. This is dedicated to you guys. All right, Trevor. <laughs> Let's see here. Mormon, if you feel you are drawn to a calling where you can tattle on other Mormons, then fix your gaze upon this assignment we have for you. Mormon, you will search on the net for apostates who could become a threat, then you'll tell us and be happy to be in the strengthening church members committee. It's fun to work for the SCMC. It's fun to work for the SCMC. You can help us make all disobedience cease. 
and the LDS thought police. It's fun to work for the SCMC. It's fun to work for the SCMC. You can see everything other members do bad. You might even rat out your dad. Mormon, if you see a new meme by a Mormon, and it happens to seem controversial or a little extreme, then you must report it to us. We will take that info and go to their bishop so he'll be in the know that apostates are outside in the hall. No, this is not cultish at all. It's fun to work for the SCMC. It's fun to work for the SCMC. You'll be serving the Lord, really making your mark as a stool pigeon, rat, think, narc. It's fun to work for the SCMC. It's fun to work for the SCMC. You can point out the ones who have questioned out loud. Big Brother will be so proud. Mormon, at the end of your days, know that God will honor you with great praise, cause you snitched on intellectuals and gays who would share their thoughts on Facebook. We can't have our members discuss all the things that reflect poorly on us, like the fact that we will spy on them so we must spy on them to see what they know. It's fun to work for the SCMC. It's fun to work for the SCMC. Inform on your friends. Tell us all that they do. We'll have others inform on you. SCMC. It's fun to work for the SCMC. If RFM farts or Denver snuffer drinks wine, you will call us on our hotline. <laughs> You're in a song, RFM. I'm in a song. I want to say, uh, he just said if RFM farts. I think uh, I think you pushed out John Delin. Yeah, John's not going to be happy. <laughs> Take that, John Delin. Your farts are mine now. <laughs> I own your farts. Oh, that's Timothy a fantastic Dice. song. I think that's the first time I made contact with you or you did with me because I got your permission. Actually, I think you asked me to play it. Uh, no, really. I got your permission to play it as the uh, closing song when I did, uh, or the outro music, when I did my podcast on the SCMC, which is called Spying for the Lord. Right. Yeah. It was perfect. Elder Dykes. What's in that? So, <laughs> um, a couple other things I want to mention. Um, one of the highlights of the Weird Alma years, or a couple of years, or whatever it was, is um, in 2018, 2018, uh, um, Lindsay Park asked uh, Brother Jake and I, well, we had talked, Brother Jake and I had first talked about doing something together. And she said, hey, why don't you do it at, at Sunstone that year? And uh, so, uh, Initially, we were like, oh, let's write a song. No, we went big. We went big, and we wrote a whole damn musical. Well, okay, about a 45-minute musical, right? That's a lot. And um, it was called Mahan Rai Moriankumar, the musical. Jeez, what do you rhyme with Mahan Rai Moriankumar? 
right? And uh, we, we showed up there like the day before and we had a, a wonderful cast of uh, four or five people, uh, Janelle, Clark, Sage, uh, Camille, and, and Dave. I'm, not, I'm leaving their last names out for anonymity sake. But uh, we, we had a, a wonderful uh, time putting this together, but it was super tight. You know, I remember feeling like it was it, it was a roadshow level quality, right? But we had a great time. We were always hoping we could do it again. And we were talking about doing it again in 2020. And then, you know, 2020 happened, right? But mm -hmm. but uh, it's it's I feel like it's criminally criminally underseen. You know, there's maybe 50, 60 people that saw it at that Sunstone. And uh, so hopefully someday we can do it again. I thought we might do a little piece from the show. Uh-oh. Um, okay, hang on a second. I'm going to get ready to play my part. Yeah, that's right. Uh, RFM is going to play the part of uh, the, the scene, the, the, the big musical number. I'm doing a shorter version of it here, but uh, involves a barge salesman who is trying to sell a transoceanic barge to a prospective uh, shopper. So, uh, sir, sir, huh, what's your name? What's your name, sir? Uh, Radio Free Mormon. Oh, Radio Free Mormon, you look like someone who wants to take a transoceanic voyage. I would, except that I don't want to go halfway around the world in a stinky, wet barge. Ah, well, that's why this barge right here is the right one for you. It's the driest barge in the market. This baby is tight. Oh, really? How tight? Do you know what a dish is? Of course I know what a dish is. Well, this barge is tight like unto a dish no way you bet this barge has a dtr of 9.8 dtr dish tightness rating ah i see so the bottom is tight the bottom thereof is tight like unto a dish what about the sides the sides thereof are tight like unto a dish and the top tight like unto a dish what about the door do i need to say Tight like unto a dish? You know it. Ah, uh, it sounds good, but I don't know. The sticker price is a few thousand C9s, more than I really wanted to pay. But if it really is that tight. Like unto a dish. Yeah. Mm. Could you maybe convince me with a catchy musical number? You got it. It's tight like unto a dish. Tight like unto a dish. You won't have that water flowing in. Go in splash splish. It's tight like onto a dish. So tight like onto a dish. If you want the driest barge, well, you just got your wish. Oh, every day and every night, you won't worry, it'll be all right. Cause it's tight, tight, tight like onto a dish. Like onto a dish. It's tied back onto a dish, so tied back onto a dish. You don't want to be sleeping, then get hit in the face by a fish. It's tied back onto a dish, so tied back onto a dish. Tighter than some tiles with fancy grouting. Tighter than the budget of a young women's outing. Tighter than a pane of bulletproof glass. Tighter than the stick of Bednar's ass. It's tied, tied, tied. It'll be all right, right, right. Tie, 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 black onto a dish. Black onto a dish. Black onto a dish. Dish tight. Yeah. Yeah. 
That was fantastic. You know, we may have to edit out that ribald comment about Sister Bednar's husband. Oh, you think so? Zoink, Scooby. <laughs> Susan Bednar. <laughs> that is a fantastic, fantastic number. That could be like a showstopper. It was. It was a big number. We had, you know, we were doing little picks and stuff, and everyone. It was it, again the Music Man influence was there. It's a, a, we had this big section in the middle. Tight, 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 tight. How tight is this? Is it tight like onto a basketball? No, it's not. You know, it, it, it was really fun. Really fun. Got to figure and, out uh, the young one's moral after school. <laughs> Some of the. Uh, and, and you know, I read through the script again, and man, there's funny parts in there. Jake was hilarious. He he essentially does a brother Jake video as part of the show. Yeah. Um, we had little images on screen as he's talking. It, it was super fun, and I love he played Moroni. We had Moroni at the beginning because um, the whole show was about the brother of Jared, right? And how he 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 never feels like he gets the credit he deserves. He's never named, you know. Um, and I, I won't spoil the ending. Pardon me? I know how he feels. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Some have anonymity thrust upon them. So initially you see Moroni in a cave somewhere and he's etching into metal plates. And it's it, I, I'm paraphrasing here or something like, and and lo, I and my I'm painstakingly etching uh, or no, uh, because of the difficulty of writing on these plates. I must be brief and not be repetitive or really repetitive or very, very repetitive. Notwithstanding, there should be some repetition. <laughs> Stuff like that. I certainly shouldn't be redundant. Right. No redundancy. Yeah. Yes. Really redundant. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyway, it These was are fantastic Ho songs. Hopefully we can uh, do that again someday. But... I, I'm I'm trying to interject a few comments every now and then with questions. Uh, to make it look like I'm in charge here and that you're not running away with the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm these are, no, 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 no. These are great songs, but I also understand that within the LDS context, there were some songs that you have done which are a little more serious even. Is that true? Yes. Uh, well, so uh, three years ago, maybe, I, I, I people kept asking me, and I, and I appreciated all the emails I got and people – Hey, write a song about this, or can you do this? And uh, almost always the case was that I had already kind of done something like it. There was a lot of things about polygamy, and I said, yeah, several months shy of 15, I, I don't feel like I want to revisit that idea again. Or, um, And I also, I think I felt like maybe I was, I said what I needed to say, or I got, got some of that out of me, right? Um, and then I wrote this song uh, one day, um, called Do Some Good, and it was a very different nature, you know? Um, I can't remember what triggered it. Does it have to do um, with the revelation about how much freaking money the LDS Church has? It may have been. It may have been, yeah. Um, and I, I'm going to play a little bit of it here, but um, I, I do uh, urge you to listen to the whole thing because I get uh, I get a little emo later in the song here, but for, for time's sake, I'm going to uh, shorten it here, but Again, this theme uh, comes up, where will I go? So I, th that's something that's, that resonated for, for quite a while after that point. Where will I go? You want to know? Where will I go? Away. 
go? Well, I don't know. But you don't get to say. You could do some good with the name you have. You could really help the world. Turn a chapel into a shelter. And you could really help the world. You always testify what you feel. Well, how about something real? If you can do some good, then do some good. Do some good. Do some good with the name you have. Etc. 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 And uh, yeah, that was uh, I recorded it live, just me and a guitar. I put it out there, and uh, and I I've gotten so many people uh, writing me how much they appreciated that song. So I I wanted to do some of it here. Um, it kind of surprised me a little bit, but it's it, it's not funny. It's not <laughs> a little bit. Um, uh, poking the bear, I guess. But um, and then there's this other song that I wrote uh, that I, I do want to do the whole thing. I, I think mm. it's it's timely again. Sadly, I it's timely it's almost, almost every month, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and and this was back. Sam Young was doing you know all, all his great work. And um, shout out to Sam Young for Mormonism yeah, Live. I, I can't remember if he uh, had asked me to do this. He asked me to perform it later, but I think I wrote it on my own first. And then I sent it to him. I said, here, see what you think or whatever. Um, I, I had read some of the stories on his uh, the webpage. And I, I want to be clear, this is not my experience that I'm saying about here. But it's me interpreting a few different ones and putting it into a context of a, uh, it's almost like an, an Eric Herman song. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, that whole thing, I do music for kids, right? It's my, my main gig. But um, because it's from the perspective of a, of a apostate kid, helping kids. Yeah, <clears throat> of a kid, maybe, I don't know, five, six years old, who's had this experience and doesn't even understand it to, in the sense that the reality of it, his, his parents kind of skirt around it. I, I'm just going to play the song. Uh, it, it's kind of self-explanatory, but this is called Millstone. I used to have to go to the place on Sunday where the one guy talks and the old ladies cry and I have to wear a shirt and tie now mom and dad said that we'll have to find another place to go where nobody can play that way with me again oh i never knew what a millstone was they would roll it on the grain to make bread and some people wear them around their neck that's what mommy told me Jesus once said I thought I must have done something bad When the one guy asked me in 
But we only prayed And then there was some new game we played Later mom and dad said I'll be okay And they gave me a hug But they didn't say Why I shouldn't be okay Oh, I never knew what a millstone was they would roll it on the grain to make bread. And some people wear them around their necks. That's what mommy told me Jesus once said. I heard mom, she was mad that no one would believe that she saw me in the room with that one guy and the game he played with me she said he moved to a town far away to lead a bigger church with more kids to play now i have to go to the place on monday with the lady in the chair she listens while i tell her again about that one guy when we drove home my mom said it's gonna be hard for me and when i am grown I'll carry a millstone of my own. Oh, I never knew what a millstone was. They would roll it on the grain to make bread. And some people wear them around their necks. That's what mommy told me Jesus once said. Jesus said to love the children. He said, let them all come to him. Heaven's kingdom, children, glorify all these things I learned from that one guy. What is the response been to that song? Um, well, uh, I haven't played it much. <laughs> Sam asked me to play it at, at the rally he had in 2019. I mean, uh, a, a few people, uh, <clears throat> a few people did tell me that uh, because I, and this is going back to after I wrote it. I, I think I sent it to um, maybe Reddit or somewhere, and I asked is does this ring true? You know, cause I, I, again, I borrowed it. I, I read stories and there's things in there about, um, people describing their experiences and I, I just interpreted it, you know, so, but, uh, people said they, they felt it, 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 uh, resonated. So that was, that's, that was what I wanted to hear as far as that goes. But. Well, it looks like from some of the comments that it's really resonated with a lot of our audience. It's also resonated with me. And um, I find myself getting emotional as you sing it. I have not heard this song before. Can I ask you a personal question? Yeah, of course. If I were singing that song, 
I would have difficulty making it work. What do you do <laughs> mentally and emotionally to allow yourself to get to the end of that and not crack or break while you're singing it? Um, I, I don't know. It's just, it's something that it's like a show must go on kind of thing takes over. Um, and, and uh, I, I'll tell you the harder version of that is uh, when my, my, when my wife uh, died, I sang a song at the church service for her um, that I had written for her before we got married. And, uh, and again, uh, man, I, 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 as I was rehearsing that I couldn't get through in that moment on that time at that at that time i was able to do it and just kind of a lot of it is just focusing uh it, it kind of helps that that's not a song i do a lot and i needed the words and the chords right so i i'm i'm, I'm i can kind of fall back on just just look at that and, and read that but <clears throat> anyway on, on a lighter note yes uh, by the way let yeah. me tell you what so uh I, I felt at a certain point, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't ever want to say Weird Al is done, right? Uh, I'm not retired because you never know that bat, that bat signal might come up, right? Someday and that the next song idea comes or something. But I felt a few, a, two or three years ago, like, okay, no, I, 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 yeah, I think I can move on to other things, right? And uh, however, in this past year, I want to tell you what I'm up to now. Um, I, I, an idea struck me. And uh, I couldn't let it go. And I've been hard at work on this the past few months. And that is a film project that is essentially the simplest way I can describe it. It's not, you know, completely describing it, but the simplest way I can describe it is the life of Brian of Mormonism. And um, I'm, I'm about maybe two thirds through the, the, the first draft of the screenplay. And, uh, and I'm making this baby one way or another. And I, you have a big audience. And any filmmakers out there or people with money that want to invest in a in a indie film, uh, please get in touch with me because uh, I'm going to do it next year one way or another. You know, I have some money I can put into it. The question is, what what, what will the quality of it be, right? <laughs> but um, the, this idea hit me, and 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 I have a thousand ideas that die quick deaths, right? But but certain ones just keep coming back and festering and I have to, I have to work on it. And uh, the, the key of it was the life of Brian uh, idea of separating it from the real thing, right? This is not a story about Joseph Smith and Mormonism. It's a story about Joshua Morrison and the Morrisonites, you know, totally different, totally different thing. Right. But what I love about it is I'm able to use that framework. I can I can goof on it. I can have fun. You know, I can put in some of the esoteric uh, sort of angles of Mormonism, even though it, I don't need to make any claim towards accuracy. Uh, and yet, I feel like uh, there there will be some poignance in there. There will be things that uh, you know uh, will describe maybe an interpretation of what might have happened. Right. So. I'm hard to work on that. Um, weirdalma at gmail.com. If you're, if you're, I'm looking for you know, producers, uh, possibly director. And, uh, you know, there's people out there doing great work. Uh, please get in touch and let's, let's do this thing. Uh, uh, Brother Jake is, uh, he's, he's busy, but he, he did said, send him the script. He's going to help, you know, uh, tweak, maybe throw in some jokes there. Uh, see, you know, but, uh, 
uh, mostly it's 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 my baby, and, and I'll be doing that. So the other uh, film project, uh, I, well, I was going to say, Weird Alma. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I do hope there's at least one scene where a high priest continues to inadvertently say the name of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So you got another musical, another project going well, on? Well, yeah. So uh, I'm 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 writing two screenplays at the same time um and uh the other one is uh a uh, thing that i'm also i believe well suited to to uh to do and that's the in essence spinal tap of children's music okay so that is my that is my has been my my full-time job for 20 years now and uh i feel like my trajectory is very spinal tap ish in a way and uh and uh, so I'm, that's another one I'm writing and having a, a really fun time with that. And um, are you going to turn it up to 11? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, By I, the way, I, we have put I, up on, on the comments, <laughs> we put up a contact information for you. But a lot yeah. of people will be listening to this and not watching it. So let's go ahead and announce that the way to get a hold of you is yeah. at, well, now it's gone. Weird, but I think it was weirdalma Alma at gmail.com. Gmail yeah, weirdalma. Remember, it's. E-I, weirdalma at gmail.com. And you too can get in touch with Weird Alma about his project. There's also the um, weirdalma.bandcamp.com is where all the songs are. And by the way, they're all free to listen to, download. They always have been. Uh, this was never, uh, I, I have no nothing against, you know, uh, you guys or anybody monetizing that's wonderful for all the work that you do i just not something i ever wanted to uh it, it complicates things too with you know parodies and all this stuff like uh go ahead be judgmental. it's hard it's hard to sue to me for it's hard to sue me for you know making a parody of your song when i made zero dollars from it you know <laughs> that, that kind of thing i guess right but um uh, so then the other thing, uh, yeah, the uh, Spinal Tap of Children's Music, that's the other project. Uh, that might actually be the first one that we, we start production because uh, I, it's a little bit easier because I can go out and do the shows that I do and film those as part of the footage that we're going to need for that movie. So, um, Weird Alma, we've got yeah. about 20 minutes before the top of the hour. We'd like to take a few phone calls at the top yeah. of the hour. In those 20 minutes that we have remaining, can you tell us about what you do for a living? Because I found this very fascinating that you are like the Mormon version of Rafi. <laughs> or I'm like, uh, actually, many people described it this way. Uh, when I would go to Utah and do shows, they said, I'm like John, by the way, but for little, little smaller kids, you know, elementary age kids. Um, and I don't know if that's, you know, a positive uh, thing anymore, but um, no, you know, he, he's known for being entertaining and funny and all that stuff. And um, I, I think my influence, I love, uh, Rafi is wonderful. My influence is a little more uh, rock oriented or like Beatles or something, um, you know, but uh, we play, my band and I, Eric Herman and the Puppy Dogs, we play all kinds of uh, original music. Some of it's... Uh, you know, satirical or funny stuff. And then some is serious. You know, we have songs about, uh, there's a song on my new album uh, called Clocks and Watches about the inevitability of death. How's that, kids? Are you kidding? 
I'm not going to traumatize all these kids. You're going to send them straight to the therapist. Yeah. See, uh, well, you know, another influence of mine was uh, Shel Silverstein, right? And yeah. and uh, and you You're think of like, yeah, yeah. You think of people like him and uh, Mr. Rogers. They they talked about serious things like that, and uh, so we we do that with music and and. Um, and, and it's cartoonish, like that song in particular is, is kind of cartoonish in the way it sounds, right? The, uh, let me think, how's it go? The scariest of monsters that the world has ever seen Are all around us every day, not only Halloween They might be right beside your bed or maybe on your wall They take their time, but someday they'll be coming for us all Clocks and watches, watches and clocks, counting down all of our tick-tocks. They'll make you jump right out of your socks. Clocks and watches, watches and clocks. You know, so it has this kind of sing-song, almost like Willy Wonka type of feel to it, I feel like. But and most of the songs are not about death. No. I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm busy being traumatized right now. Could you sing us a song about maybe something cheer, more cheery, like the baby beluga? <laughs> well, how about you know my a little Rafi humor? The, the 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 big hit I had. Um, uh, you had a big in, hit. Well, in in children's music, in, in indie children's music, yes. Uh, Tell YouTube me about featured it. the the video for this song back in 2007 and boy it took off and it has like i don't know 40 50 million views at this point and uh uh it's called the elephant song it's all about elephants see i, I happen to be something of an animal expert um aside from playing music and i want to demonstrate that on this uh next song about elephants my favorite animal it goes like this elephants i like elephants elephants i like Elephants. I like how they swing through trees. Elephants. Elephants don't like... swing from trees. What's that? Elephants don't swing from trees. Oh. Oh, you're right. What was I thinking of? A monkey. Oh, monkeys. I, I meant to say monkeys. Let, let me start. It's either that or Cardinellas. Yeah. Monkeys. I like monkeys. <laughs> I like how they swim in the ocean. I like monkeys. Wait a second. Monkeys don't swim in the ocean. Oh, not again. Oh, this is embarrassing. Oh, are you thinking of dolphins? Thinking? Dolphins. Dolphins are, are fish. Right? fish. Oh, boy. Okay. I'm going to get this. Here we go. Fish. Sharks and whales. I like how they scratch at fleas and sniff at trees and bark at the mailman. Wait, fish don't bark and scratch and sniff. That's a dog. Dogs. Oh, and I have a dog. I really should have known that. This is really embarrassing. Gotta like dogs. Yeah. Running through a maze for some cheese. Oh, oh, hey, hey, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not a dog. That's not a dog. Dogs don't run through mazes. Oh. But they what? like cheese. But that's a rat that's or a rat. mouse. What? Oh, that's it. Mice, mice. Okay, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. Mice. I like mice. 
I like how they say cock-a-doodle-doo. What? Mice don't say cock-a-doodle-doo. That's a rooster. Oh, roosters. Roosters, I like roosters. I like how they stomp through the jungle with their big gray trunks. No, 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 that's not a rooster. Now that that's the elephant. Well, right, that's like I tried to tell you. Elephants, I like elephants. Yes, that was so good. Bravo. And by the way, some people in the audience may have thought that I was just being unnecessarily intrusive. No, I was being necessarily intrusive. That was part of the act, right? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. No, yes. I was playing the little kid in the front we, row. We, we had that as a setup before. Yeah. Yeah, um, and and oh, the kids are not afraid to tell me what an idiot I am. <laughs> That's for sure. How do you feel about tapers? Uh, oh yeah, a taper. I like tapers. I like how they gallop and trot and pull chariots. No, that's right. That's it. No, they pull chariots <laughs> and pull chariots. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is wonderful. Now we're at 646. Do you have anything else that you want to share with us before we go to calls? Uh, I, I did. I want to issue a challenge here, okay? Um, because I noticed a few months ago, Mormonism Live, you did a show on the Book of Abraham. Um, and it took one. you, yeah. And it and that, well, the one I'm thinking of took two hours and 45 minutes. I believe that I can do, I can say the same essential things in two minutes and 45 seconds. So if you have a stopwatch, you want to try me? I don't know if I can fit it in here. I'll give it a shot, though. Is that a challenge, Scott? All right, here we go. The Book of Abraham. Oh, shoot. The Book of Abraham is a work of LDS scripture, don't you know? Translated by the prophet Joe, he got it from some old mummy scroll. He claimed that it was written by the very hand of that Abraham. But the experts say, oh hell no, the whole thing is just a lousy sham. Egyptologists say all of it's way off, way off, oh way, way off. Not like real Egyptian. Those mummy scrolls, they turned out to be just a funerary text. No, Abraham, say it ain't so. It left many faithful saints perplexed. Joseph also tried to translate the pictures from off the scrolls he had. But the experts say, oh, hell no, his translations all were really bad. How could he, a prophet, be when it's way off, way off, oh, way, way off? Not like real Egyptian. Joseph also wrote his very own Egyptian grammar and alphabet. Once again, the experts say, hell no, it's about as wrong as you could get. Now the church admits things aren't right, but only barely acknowledges. And they must defend the prophet Joe, so they call on their apologists. They'll say that Joseph saw the pictures on the papyrus, and then he let the inspiration start to flow. But that really strains credulity. It's all full of made-up bull, and it's way off. Way off, oh way, way off, not like real Egyptian.
not like real Egyptian. Stopwatch. Did I do it? That was uh, two minutes and 50 seconds. I'm sorry to say. Oh! Oh, here's Maven. We're Party having a lot of requests for paperback writer. Oh, Are we taking yeah. requests? I don't I, know. We're taking requests. All I'm right. Sorry, I had to, the, the few tunes that I'm doing here today, I had to like relearn or print out, and I, I don't have the one ready to perform. So you, you're going to have to just listen to the the recording so. but that really was i also don't have a three part i don't don't have three people with me to sing harmonies like the beatles or whatever right so. hey, we got us two and, and maven we can do it <laughs> i'm looking probably for... a, just a slight time delay in our in our uh connection here that would make that very difficult but that is a real song that you did take your back writer take your back writer i can i can play it for a moment Sure, yeah. There you go. Fired up. Paperback writer. Dear Mormons, wait before you leave the pews. I have an article in the Deseret News. It explains how back in ancient Nephite times, they didn't have horses, so they had to be paperback riders. Paperback writer It might be hard for you to get this thing It's an explanation known as loan shifting Joseph didn't know what a taper was So he said they rode horses But they really all were taperback riders Taperback rider Taperback <laughs> There's a little bit That is wonderful Can I just say that uh, every now and again, you slip something into your song that betrays a rather sophisticated knowledge of Mormonism and apologetics, uh, including loan shifting, Deseret News, which would be an article by Dan Peterson, of course, in the editorial that he used to write before he got cashiered from that as well. And uh, But apparently originally started with John Sorensen and not Dan Peterson. Mm. Oh, the idea of loan shifting? Sure. Yeah. Well, tapers. the tapir. Yeah. Oh, taper. Yes, taper. Yeah. Yeah, because that's kind of a stretch. That little fellow behind you on the screen would have a tough time pulling a sled. That's why they had to have a hundred of them all chained together. You want to think of a, th a funny thought? Picture Dan Peterson on a taper. <laughs> I, oh, poor taper. <laughs> not going there. Now, now we're getting mean. Now we're getting hateful, right? I'm not going there. I just no. thought the idea of it was funny, you know? Yeah. Well, somewhere in the world, there's a taker that's very thankful that that's not going to happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So now, is there anything else you wanted to share with us before we go to phone calls? I'm no, sure we have yeah, a lot of fans yeah. who would like to call. Yeah, 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 please. Is that good? I've blabbed enough and I've sang enough. <clears throat> so, yeah. yeah, and we did have a call, but it dropped off. Folks, call 662-667-6667. That's going to be the easiest way to get in if anybody wants to to talk. Eric, I just I gotta say, how did you get into the thing doing stuff for kids? Like, how did the how did the introduction to that happen? So it was uh, not something by design per se. Uh, I was living in Buffalo, New York, and I was doing a lot of different things. I was doing theater shows, uh, you know, stage, uh, and I was playing in coffee shops, singer songwriter stuff, playing in a couple bands, just you know. 
fledgling at a lot of different things. Um, I also had a real job, a day, a daytime job, you know, uh, pushing paperwork around. And um, uh, around the same time, this would have been 2002, a few different people unrelated to each other all mentioned something about, you know what, you you seem like you're good with kids. You should, you should do music for kids or do something with kids. One of them was my brother-in-law at the time who uh, was, or still is an elementary gym teacher. And I, I remember him telling me, you know, we had this guy come in to our school and do an assembly and he played some music and sang some songs. And, and he's like, you know, I think you could do that as good as he did. And, and, and I remember at the time, like, eh, I don't know, it, it seemed super, super uncool, right? <laughs> Somehow, and and uh, and it is in some respect. But uh, well, the thing is, I didn't want to be Barney. Like, I had this perception in my mind that that's what that Barney, meant. Barney the I dinosaur. Love you, yeah, you right. love me. Oh, look out! You're gonna have to pay some Where royalties here. This is, is that how that works? Shine. Damn! There comes the lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah. Um, but then, anyway, the dinosaur, what I, right? You don't yeah, want to be the dinosaur, dinosaur yeah. Barney. Sure, yeah. Okay. And uh, I did a pod side note. I did a podcast interview a few months ago with a guy who was one of the people who played Barney in the in the. He's got his own podcast. Anyway, there's more than one but, person. Um, yeah. Oh, sh I hate to spoil it for you. Is it like Lassie? It's, it's not real. It's not really a dinosaur. Oh, okay. There's a person inside there. Anyway. Um, uh, so I, what I did was I went to, to the libraries and around Buffalo and I took out children's music CDs and, uh, and I listened to a bunch of stuff and I said, oh my gosh, this is really fun. Like you, you can do, um, you can do all different styles of music. You can have characters and comedy and, uh, and, and it really appealed to me once I realized that, you know, um, and, and I think you my, the body of my work. I have nine nine albums now. My latest album is uh, Magic Beans. Look for it online. It's on uh, you know Spotify, Amazon, all that. This is by the way, this is actual size too. You need to get a special record player to play. I'm kidding, but um, that's an LLP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> extra long play. But um, and nine albums and and there's a I, I the thing I you know. That I, I, if I'm proud, most proud of my work, it's that there's a lot of different things in there. Like I, I really try not to repeat myself, which makes it harder each new time, right? To so think right. of what, what's something I haven't covered before, or a style of music that sounds a little bit different, or something. But, but to me, that's the beauty of of doing music for that age range, is they don't have biases. You know, they're not the 15 year old kid who. You know, in my, I'm thinking back to when I was that age, you know, I had a jean jacket with Iron Maiden on the back, you know, and that was what I listened to, right? A, a six-year-old kid, maybe their family listens to country or hip-hop or, you know, whatever, but that kid doesn't care. They, you can give them something, as long as it connects with them on some level, something that speaks to their, uh, their life or their 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 mind frame or it's just you know funny or a funny story or something they'll they'll accept it they'll they'll love it you know so and that, that was one thing that i really really loved about about doing that and still do well that sounds fantastic absolutely and i encourage everybody who has children or just for themselves to uh get that album magic beans is what it's called magic beans by eric oh, wait a second. 
And the it looks, like, dog. It looks like Barney has joined us <laughs> on the show. Magic Uh-oh. Beans here is comes, the album. Here comes, here comes the lawsuit. Yeah, I know. I love you. You love me. We're a happy no, I family. Should, yeah. I should say, you know, Barney is great for like one and two year olds, but I just, I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to do that. And uh, probably what I do mostly is kind of maybe the older range, like five to nine or something like that, you know, where they can yeah. get some of the jokes that were thrown in there and the parents too. A lot of stuff, you know, a lot of jokes and, and references are uh, parents because the parents have to sit there and listen to it too. Right. Oh, I know. I go I, back and I listen to yeah. Marty now and I'm surprised at all the dirty stuff they stick in there. <laughs> that guy, I mean, he's like in the gutter. You're hilarious. <laughs> do we have any calls yet bill just fyi we don't and don't take that as any kind of negative i i think no, everybody has been laughing hilariously and having a great time I've in the comments a few comments i'm trying you know sometimes i'm saying yeah, I, I, I think like it's been a fantastic screen, show I, I appreciate all your all your comments and uh it's been a lot of fun yeah i think folks are really enjoyed this and the music well i think people found out i'm not taking requests so that that stifled the phone calls probably they just right? left after that they said we're <laughs> out of here yeah, he's not gonna do taper bag writer. Fuck yeah. that guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you need to beat uh, that? No, no, no. You're good. I he oh, I, I okay. think he's opposed to it more than I am, but you know, okay. we're not really going after the zero to seventeen <laughs> audience. Right, right. Yes, I'm not. I'm not an official Eric Herman capacity here, by the way. So. Yeah. <laughs> just you know. a note to just a note to viewers: we do have the monetization for this. Uh, this episode turned off. I think Maven put a comment, comment, or a comment out earlier to notify you of that, folks. If if there's any chance you could just send us a few bucks, we'd really appreciate a donation. It it's what allows RFM, myself, and the rest of the folks uh, in the umbrella to to get you know some money back uh, for the work that they do. Um, and uh, also, Eric, as you pointed out, these project this project you mentioned, uh, folks, reach out to to him at weirdalma at gmail.com and let him know if you're able to help. Uh, him get that project off the ground that'd be awesome as well kim mcgee asks a pertinent question do you perform nationwide i do i have performed in 47 of the states and um uh, hoping to get to alaska sometime that's that's the only state i haven't been to but i've is that because you wanted perform- in the i other haven't three? performed in a couple of them what's that you're wanted in the other three yes uh old old Drug-related charges, yeah, I can't. But you actually do travel around. Oh yeah, yeah. Do people I've, hire I've, you to perform at parties and gatherings? Uh, more so, um, uh, like uh, parks and libraries and theaters and schools and things like that. Um, You're still going to the parks, huh? Yeah, no, those are some of my favorite shows. Uh, I li- I currently live in in Walla Walla, Washington. The town's so nice they named it twice. And uh, that's about four hours from Seattle. And uh, I go over there a ton. Uh, we went there, I don't know, five or six times this summer because basically every suburb of Seattle has their own like children's concert series every summer. And uh, those are some wonderful shows uh, out in parks, as long as it doesn't rain. But it, the rain in Seattle is overstated. It, it almost never does that time of year. So. Right, Walla Walla, known for its apples and its maximum security prison facility. Mm, housing, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Gary Ridgway. Yeah, he's oh, about really? he, he's about two miles from me right now. So, but I'm not a prostitute, so I'm probably safe. Yeah, just stay away from the Green River. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. 
Uh, Walla Walla is also known for wine. It is uh, 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 over the last 10, 20 years really grown in that respect. I think there's something like 124 wineries here, which is ridiculous for a, a town of about, I don't know, 30,000 people, maybe something and like everybody that. Everybody staggers about downtown. Yes. Yep. That'll be me later. But. I had oh, a good. question. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. I was just wondering if, um, I, I, if Weird Al has ever, as far as you know, like been made aware of, I'm sure he has plenty of people parodying him, but I, I just wonder if you happen to know if uh, uh, he's ever like heard of you or not. I have no idea. And uh, I, I, I just hope I don't hear from his lawyers. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he's he's doing cover songs. And if he came after you for doing cover, it, you know, you kind of think, right? I, although it, the thing about parody, like what I'm doing isn't actually technically parody. A lot of these songs, a true parody takes the theme of the song and, and uses it again. Some of these kind of relate to that. Uh, RFM, maybe you know what I'm talking about, but you're not a trade or IP lawyer, but um, it, it's it's not as simple as just doing another song. It gives you fair use and all of that. So I don't know. Like I said, when I started doing this, it was it was with no intent for it to become a thing, right? It was just oh, here's a couple of songs that I you know threw out there and and uh, and it and it kind of became a thing. But I've always I've always been ready to like pull the plug. So you know what, folks, download the stuff while you can if you like it. <laughs> I'm just saying because you never know. I might I might get that cease and desist in the in an email from uh, Weird Al Enterprises or whatever. And, and yeah, you know, you, you ignore it is my the, advice. You know, oh, okay, sure, yeah. So, Weird Al has a team of high priced lawyers, I imagine. Better, um, you know, this IP stuff, this, uh, you know, patents and trademarks and blah, blah, blah. One of the two courses in law school that I came this close to failing. But I do remember an interesting story, which goes along with what you're talking about. You actually have to have a parody, right? You can't just be using the same tune with different words that are kind of unrelated to it. Yes. Because that's called plagiarism. <laughs> and uh, the great example of that that I remember was uh, George Harrison getting sued. For my sweet lord, right? Oh, yeah. Famous well, that was that was just straight up copyright, basically. Yeah. Too much of an influence. Yeah. Too much of an influence from the chiffons who sang. He's so fine. Was that the chiffons? Uh, oh, shoot. Somebody look it up. Anyway, it's the song. <laughs> He's so fine, my sweet lord. And you just follow it through, and it's basically the same song. Though I don't think George yeah. Harrison intentionally did that and thought. Oh man, I'm just going to rewrite this song and put some different was, words to it. It was subconscious for sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, there's only so many notes. There's another famous one, um, The Doors. Hello, I love you. Won't you tell me your name? Mm -hmm. And The Kinks. Girl, I want to be with you. And The Doors got sued and lost. Yeah, wow. Yeah. You got to be careful. It's like Salieri says, too many notes. Well, uh, speaking more specifically to what maybe to what I'm doing, uh, just in the news yesterday, I want to say, I saw a thing about a church group in ha in uh, Texas, church group in Texas, who did their version of Hamilton with uh, Jesus. And oh, right, Cashin. it was a Christianized version of Hamilton. Yes, and uh, Lin-Manuel, I believe his quote was, now come the lawyers. <laughs> he said something like, now the lawyers get to do what they do. Um, uh, 
my understanding is that the church apologized, but uh, and and admitted, yeah, we were wrong, but yeah. So, so what, I, I don't know. Between that church doing it and like you know, like your parody of a song or Brother Jake's parody, mm -hmm. what I don't understand the difference why they would are in trouble or is it just yeah and you, you know you're absolutely right here's and that's what i'm speaking to is that somebody could say that my version of, of their song if it's the songwriter who owns that mm -hmm. is offensive to them i didn't ask them for, for permission mm -hmm. someone i, I hope, I hope uh, so the scmc right now is like oh hey we got this guy we're, <laughs> yeah <laughs> This is my, is this is my impression of the SCMT. Are you ready? I love to wallow in my own crapulence. <laughs> but um, again, you know, I will I will take it down if need be. Uh, there's there was no money to be made from it. Um, people have sent some donations and I've redonated those to other things or whatever. But um, and uh, I, I guess the thing is, um, a lot of times you can do things, you can do parodies of things, you can do covers of things. When people find out, it's it's up to them. And sometimes they're like, no, I guess I'm okay with that. Um, I had an, an issue recently with uh, somebody using one of my old band names that was still I, still trademarked. And um, and uh, I, I, it's a thing I, I have to address, but someone pointed out to me, well, wait a minute, isn't that what you do with Weird Alma? And I said, not exactly because it is changed. Like uh, weird, Al weird Alma is different than Al, and Alma speaks to the Mormonness of this thing. You know what I mean? So and Mormonism um, is sure as hell weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I got to tell you, to my to my embarrassment, when I came up with the name Weird Alma, so I, I had those first seven or eight songs, and I said, all right, I don't know, I guess I'll, I'll put an album together, or whatever, put it online. And um, I need a name for this. And I, and I did think immediately of Weird Al. And I remember thinking, well, what's a Mormon thing that it could be? How about Weird Nephi, Weird, <laughs> weird uh, Layman or something? I, I, and, and, I'm, and I went, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I, I went to Wikipedia and looked up the Book of Mormon names. Oh. <laughs> weird Gideon you know Right? I didn't get past A. Right. And I slapped myself in the forehead, realizing how how did I not think of that? There it is. Weird Elma, you know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, was, it should have been obvious, but it was not obvious to me. I did not think weird getting. Yeah. You, you, hey, by the way, the backyard professor, he said earlier, Weird Elma, you rock. No, you rock. I know who you are. You're awesome. Sometimes the quality of mercy is strained. Words bringing you in bringing you into the church and the flashlight works, taking you out and you have a stupor of thought. Oh, that's it, yeah. Mm. Those damn stupor happens, of thought. Uh, when you leave, um, our our friend Donald is here tonight. Has and, he called uh, in? Are you, no, he he's not going to call in. <laughs> Come on, I just see a few I, just see, I see a few comments every now and again about Donald call in, Donald call in. Yeah. Yep, he's always invited to call in. Um, but uh, here, I'll go ahead and share this, uh, that the expression on RFM and Bill Reel's face shows deep down concern they might be condemning themselves to the fire pits of a hell. Oh, 
with one L. So I just thought, I thought I would bring that up and maybe uh, let you guys know um, that your feelings are showing and you might want to yeah. turn it off. I, I like, told oh. Donald in the comments earlier, I said, Donald, raise your hand in the square and use the priesthood and mute, you know, make me a mute. And uh, if either A, you can do that or B, you don't have enough faith to do even try. And uh, I'm still speaking. So he either didn't try because he knew he didn't have enough faith to do it uh, or it didn't work. Well, I'm concerned because it's like Donald can see into my soul. Oh, yeah. He knows you and I and he knows Eric and got Maven all figured out. He knows we're all just uh, just yeah, tears we're, among we're the miserable, wind. The three, all of us, too. Yeah. I can just tell. That's how the feeling I get. We're just miserable. Yeah. Meanwhile, the child molesters are on the other side of the fence, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. Well, way to bring the uh, the mood down. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Talking about lawsuits, should we play this last one? Uh, this is, you know what, uh, subject matter aside, I believe this is a high point of Weird Alma. Uh, I, it's one of my favorites. And um, oh, you, you're going to play the close the closeout tune here. Uh, I won't say too much, but the thing I struggled with the most was what to do during the guitar solo. There's a very, very iconic guitar solo in this in this concluding song and i don't like to leave empty space you know sometimes i'll cut things or i'll, I'll put somebody speaking something funny over it right um like in gaslighting for example but it, i struggled for a long time to figure out what to do during this guitar solo and when i came upon the solution it was one of those oh yes set very satisfying moment <laughs> Well, wonderful. We're going to be closing out with this song, correct? We're going to be saying our goodbyes, our farewells, our so longs right now, closing out with the song. Is that right, Bill? And then going to the finish. I mean, the you know, the sign at the end. Yeah. The only thing I was going to do is in between, only because it reminded me when Eric played uh, the song earlier that he formed to play with Sam Young about the, the having leaders in a room um, instead of one-on-one -on -one interviews. I thought in between the two things, the Eric's closing song here, as well as our closeout of the show would be Maven's creation of that TikTok, uh, because I think there was a lot of work that went into that. And I think it was well done and wanted to show that at the end of the show. Yeah. I want to see it. You, you cool with that? Sure. Yeah. I, I'd love to see that. Yeah. RFM. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really wasn't paying attention to what okay. you were saying, but okay. whatever yeah, is that's, fine, I'm sure. Yeah, well, sometimes it's you, sometimes it's me. <laughs> I was thinking about the song that's coming up. Okay, here we go. Okay, I'll bet you were. <laughs> That'll be funny when you hear it. The bishop said, now that you're turning 12 years old, a deacon interview we will have to hold. So I said to myself, I'd better do what I've been told and don't beat it. Don't beat it. He could have asked about my spiritual state. How much compassion do I demonstrate? But mostly he just said, you should never masturbate. Don't beat it. I know you want a real bad, but don't beat it. Don't beat it. Pornographic smart, don't read it. Don't spank your monkey or polish your knob. Let your little factory do its own job and don't beat it. Don't beat it. Don't beat it. Don't beat it. I told him I have tried as hard as I can. 
to not give in to urges like some worldly man. But it gets really hard, oh, so much harder when I don't beat it. I don't beat it. He said, now trust me, I can truly understand. But you'll be fine if you obey the Lord's command. Just hold that iron rod in the palm of your hand and don't beat it. I know you want to real bad, but don't beat it. Don't beat it. When it's getting hard, so beat it. Don't free your willy or play the skin fuse. Go to sleep only in your Sunday suit and don't beat it. Don't beat it. Your sperm is sacred, don't deplete it. Don't milk your lizard, don't charm your snake. Take a cold shower and eat some cornflakes, but don't beat it. Don't beat it. The cornflakes is a real record. Oh, He's really got a handle on his instrument, huh? Look at his hand going up and down so fast. I wonder if he can pull it off at the end. Here it comes. Don't beat it. Don't beat it. If you get the urge, don't beat it. Don't pull your taffy. Don't yank your crank. Put temple pictures inside your spank bank. And don't beat it. Don't beat it. Your body's holy. Don't mistreat it. Don't grease your sausage or play solo sax. And let me know all about your private acts and don't beat it. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Gives new meaning to Elder Holland's expression, a taffy pulling testimony. Yes. <laughs> I am just gutted. I'm 75 years old now. And I'm so glad to be out of that festival. Thank you so much, Mormon Church. My son dying on his mission isn't enough for you. You have to got people. Why? Oh, why? In God's name, didn't the bishop rush to the aid of the children? You've got a mind, bishop. You've got a mind. You do not have to duck your head to the authority of the Mormon church. And I just want people to realize that at the end of this is a young girl that had to go home every night to that house, a baby that had to live in that house. It's horrible. It's horrible what we're doing cavalierly. You know, I wish I could run to their aid. For the love of God, Mormon Church, do something. You spineless, yellow bat, sons of bitches. And that's all I've got to say. I am just Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we proudly bring to you Mormonism. Mormonism live. Better than touching your own little factory. 